0: Welcome to Music and Medicine. I'm your host, Dr. Moshe Lewis. I'm so excited and delighted to be joined by Selena Albright. Um, She is so phenomenal in her music. There's so much passion and so much caring, and and it's also so relatable, and um, I just really enjoy being able to listen to it, and I'm so delighted to have you with us. Welcome, Selena.
1: Thank you so much. That's an awesome introduction.
0: (laughs) That's cool.
1: Nice to talk to you.
0: Yeah, and talking about introductions, i love to kind of roll time back and kind of start at the beginning, at least with music. Um, We're going to let you introduce sort of some of your inspirations and also your connections to it. Um, The name says everything, but it just is always interesting to us how you really started to develop your own interest in music and, and really said, these are some of the people that inspire me.
1: I am inspired by Ella Fitzgerald. I couldn't mm-hmm. I couldn't get through this list without saying my dad. <laughs> Some people say my voice sounds like the vocal version of his saxophone. So I'm like, that's yeah. a great compliment because he does a lot on his saxophone. He's got a lot of skills. He's the GOAT. Um mm-hmm. but Ella Fitzgerald as a vocalist. Uh I love Whitney Houston, Mariah Carey, Beyonce, Amel, Laliu, Mom. Mm-hmm. Um, um There's so many people. Sarah Vaughn, Dinah Washington, sassiness from her. I think the sass came from her and from Etta James, too. But I listen to a lot of traditional jazz and a lot of um, singers who come from that that first bit of jazz, um, the traditional side of things
0: as you had stated we did have a chance to talk to your dad gerald albright i appreciate your modesty and one of the things that we talked about we actually talked about you a little bit was just your own sense of independence finding your own sound finding your own voice and and doing your own writing i know that a lot of your own experiences shape um the music that you create just talk to us though about that process of really sort of getting into it because there's some shoes to fill but there's also just finding your sound and then finding your voice regardless of Uh, Family royalty.
1: Yeah, you know, for whatever reason, I never felt the pressure to fill my dad's shoes or have to go into jazz or have to go into any certain genre. I ended up doing a lot in jazz because that's just what I was exposed to. But I transcribed. I I like to geek out on music, so I transcribe a lot, Mm -hmm. Um, from trumpet to saxophone. Like I, I've memorized all my dad's solos from when I was a kid because I used to listen to him play them over and over again, listen to different mixes. And so I started branching out to other instruments and then vocalists. And especially in the case of Ella Fitzgerald, I know a lot of her scats from this one particular album that I just play. I used to play over and over again and still do sometimes. So I think, you know, vocally and just finding my voice, it came from me just repetitively doing things over and over again. There's probably a disorder
0: that's attached
1: to it because it was like crazy amounts of listening to things over and over again and memorizing them and transcribing them. I'm sure. That hours, days, you know, <laughs> my brother was like, Selena, please stop singing because
0: yeah. I would just be in my to- room. Yeah, yeah, I want to see that out there, because that's not something you hear very often, especially for people that may not be arrangers or composers. Just tell us how you kind of got into transcribing writing these different parts because that's not something that's intuitive for most people.
1: It, it, it's just fun for me. Mm. So I like, I, oh, I love to learn. Education is like super important to me. Um, and yeah. there are patterns in the music that match the math and the science that I was studying. And so if I see a pattern that matches another pattern, I geek out immediately and I start, you know, seeing ways that things are related and then I want to memorize it and then I want to relate it to something else. And so I have like a musical skeleton and I just keep building on it. Um, Mm. Maybe that is kind of a weird thing to do, but it's fun for me, you know, it's like a puzzle and I do too, but, from a, a writing standpoint and a production standpoint, I actually listen to certain genres specifically for certain things. So for rock, especially, oh my God, Metallica, and even um, System of a Down, Rage Against the Machine, and Corn. like you can right. hear how their arrangements and their production is closely related to classical in a lot of ways. Mm. So like, I try to find similarities between the two genres and it just as an exercise for myself. But nobody told me, Selena, you need to do this homework assignment. (laughs) And, you know, figure out the difference between these two compare and contrast. It's just so interesting to me. And so I just delved into it naturally. And it's helped me as a composer and and a, a producer and a writer to make things that are kind of different. Use odd meters you know, whenever I can throw them in. Sure. It just, it keeps things interesting, keeps me from, keeps me from writing the same things and getting bored with music. I feel like everything I do is somewhat, there's something experimental in there. Right.
0: No, I, I love that. And I want to use, since you brought up Ella and scat, and not to necessarily put you on the spot, but, <laughs> and you don't necessarily have to do it. That's not where I'm going. Where I wanted to take you was just maybe even vocalizing, like explaining to us, sort of how that works because a lot of people may don't, I really didn't think we'd talk a bit about Ella, but since you brought her up and then you brought up this concept of transcribing, I mm-hmm. think that she's a great artist to use illustratively because she does that. And many people may just think that scat is just kind of somewhat of an op, improv um, or just sort of a winging it. And and right. it's not. so even if words are fine, cause I don't expect you to try to whip out one of her songs on top of your head, but, but just teasing out so this concept of hearing patterns and, and picking up different um, similarities and some of the math equations, because there's a tremendous element of that in scat. And like I said, many people may just somewhat think of it as just somebody's just somewhat in, ad-libbing and improvising And it's a little bit deeper than that.
1: I think there are things, if you listen to an instrument long enough that you'll pick up and you'll start to just do that within your scat, but there's a song right. she has called Lemon Drop one of my favorites and i th- think she was a saxophone taking a saxophone when she did it because it's got a little swing beat one, two, three. and i'm like oh my god like when i heard that's that's how she starts the song she doesn't even make I it like there she just Mm-hmm. And it's faster. It's like doo, 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 doo. it's faster, but I did it slower so you can hear like what the saxophone, if that's what love right. doing, is doing. You can easily connect what Ella does to the piano, um, yes. the trumpet. She's freaking amazing. And then if you give her a ballad, she sounds like a violin or a cello.
0: Right. And
1: I just—that's why I love her. She has so many dimensions to her voice and so many tones
0: sure well i appreciate that you love and uh, admire her and uh i honestly only came to know her through my mom and was simply amazed and really then started studying and trying to understand this whole art form or music form a lot more because it's not something seen you know as as commonly in some genres versus others so uh no i thank you for that um About an early sound or an early song that you have that kind of inspired you and you felt like, gosh, this is really something that helps bring a lot of what I'm trying to create to life. Um, what might a song like that be? And then we'll take a listen.
1: Well, the first song that I released as a solo artist was called You and I. And it was a collaboration between me and my dad. He wrote the, uh, he wrote the track and at first he gave it to me in its raw state, and I was like, Dad, you gotta give me more than that. Cause I was just beginning to write. I couldn't really flesh out by myself yet. So he gave me the groove and I was like, okay, I, I can hear it, I'm loving the groove. I don't know where this is going, can you give me form? So he sent it to a producer named Tracy Carter who did keys, all kinds of stuff on it. And when I tell you this song is so much fun and I believe Rick Watford was the one who did the guitar on it. So much fun um, and drums by Jay Williams. He's like very thoughtful about how he uses his sticks. He's amazing, an amazing drummer. And once they brought back, you know, kind of a, a demo that was a little more fleshed out, I was like, okay, I got it. And I wrote this song in probably about <laughs> 30 minutes to an hour. It was really quick because I was just so inspired. And um, it's about a couple who's lost their connection emotionally. So things are kind of... Not happening in the bedroom, either. I wasn't married when I wrote this. Sure. Uh, I wrote it about someone else.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no self-divergence. Totally understandable.
1: I mean, I couldn't have had that situation at the time. I don't even know where that song came from, except that my friend told me what she had gone through. Sure. And what she was going through. And I'm like, I don't know how to give the advice. If I'm not married. Y'all figure it out. <laughs> and then I wrote the song, and I never told her that it was about her.
0: Right. Awesome. Let's take a listen to you and I. Since oh, July. simply amazing. Um, the show is called Music and Medicine, and we were talking a little bit about sort of what that means, uh, in this case, to you, um, because I think it can have so many meanings, but, but what would that be? How would you feel that uh, you could best describe music and medicine, music as medicine? Medicine is such
1: a broad term, and so is music, but for me, because I'm a vocalist, my whole body is my instrument. So I like to make sure I take a holistic approach in my health. Um, that's mentally, spiritually, physically, all that stuff. So I'm very careful about what I eat. Um, in fact, I can't go to a lot of restaurants because I already know Red Robin's gonna make me sick. <laughs> can't go to the movies. Right. It's I gotta know that something is farm to table or something because you know your gut health right. really, vocal cords, also really affects your mental function. So if I'm in the wrong mood before a show or before I go into the studio and I can't focus, mm-hmm. that greatly affects the, the breadth of what I can do. Mm-hmm. I always want to come with a game every time. like living in an optimal way with optimal energy. So mixing music and medicine is completely natural for me completely, because I have to. It's not like I can be sick and go through a horn and everything's okay because the horn is all right. I can't repair my vocal cords and just reach in there. So I have right. to keep everything healthy, you know?
0: Sure. No, I love it. And I know you and I were talking a little bit um, as we were getting going about um, some of the symptoms you had during pregnancy, that hands having some swelling and some tendonitis. Just sort of tell us sort of what that was like and, and what you learned was going on.
1: I, I don't know what happened during my first pregnancy, but everything just got really swollen. I was holding water in weird places. So I happened to hold it in the base of my thumbs. Mm. So I had tenosynovitis, and I didn't know if I was going to be able to hold my son after he came out because it was just hard hard. I my thumbs the same hold. Um, and because that tendon was so inflamed, I had to go to physical therapy a week (laughs) and they were put a needle in there i'm like no i'll just do the exercises please no
2: needles
1: (laughs) and there was no guarantee that it was actually gonna give me the exercises so you know um there were issues with my ankles my hips felt like they were it was like you're driving a jalopy and everything is just rickety and falling apart this pregnancy is different because i ate differently during this one and I drink a lot oh. more water. I don't have any inflammation. I can actually see the tendon that connects my thumb to my wrist. I'm like, thank God. So I haven't had to go anywhere this pregnancy. Please, Jesus, let that continue to be true because I'm going in the third trimester. But yeah, <laughs> that is the thing to me. I like early detection. I like to catch stuff mm-hmm. early. I'm not afraid to go to the doctor. I love going to the dentist. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go every six months on the dot. because I want to make sure yeah. I know where, my
0: blood, my teeth, everything. Sure. Well, you heard it here from Selena Albright. Don't put up till tomorrow what you can do today. <laughs> the weather is shining. <laughs> We're at a good time of the year. And it's a great time to get checkups. And like you said, sort of do some of that preventive maintenance that many times can Absolutely. get delayed, be it winter or be it COVID. Um, it's time to time to get out and get checked up. So I, I appreciate that. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> take us to another song that really that you love and that, that means a lot to you and, and holds a special place in your heart
1: uh, the second one I want to choose and I, I was going to choose Holding On but I'm kind of I might be switching um, nope I'm not going to switch I'm going to stay the course so the next song okay. I want to is um, Holding On <laughs> and this Great. was right after George George Floyd videos started going viral. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wrote this song because I was in, on maternity leave and I couldn't march with everybody because you know I had a C-section and so I'm at home with the baby breastfeeding and healing and this happens. Right. Um, so I couldn't march in person. So this song was my way of bringing attention to the fact that we need way justice um, and we need to s- strongly act against uh, fervently act against um, the injustices, the discrimination, the fact that there are laws that still haven't changed. Like um, just last week, was it? The anti lynching law? Right. Just came out. <laughs> you know, I know that lynching had happened more recently than people would want to think. Right. Um, but it's amazing that this stuff is still happening right. and the world responded. So. Yes. You know, for me, I was like, oh my God, finally, this is our chance. We can finally make some change. And some things have happened. We need to see more. So this song is my way of being a part of protest.
0: Sure. Um, well, certainly appropriate. Um, let's take a listen. And I know um, that mental health is a topic that's not only near and dear to your heart, but but so many of us who um, work in the healthcare field, not only in that so many people have um, gone through a lot with the pandemic and being in, but just there seems to be so much stress, maybe too much information coming at people and so much going on. that It can be really hard for people to um, cope and or recover. Um, why does it sort of touch you so?
1: For me, mental health is part of physical health and it's been separated for so long. And there's been a stigma, you know, against mental health. Like if you go to a shrink and they call them shrinks, if you go to a psychologist, psychiatrist or psychotherapist, something's wrong. And it's like, well, we all have things that are wrong. What about prevention? And because I like early, prevent, early detection, prevention is important to me. So I go to therapy maybe every one or two weeks, depending on my tour schedule. Right. And we'll sit there for an hour and therapists are the best because it's like a, a close friendship that's private. That It doesn't have to be reciprocal. It can just be all about you and what you want to dump on that person and then we will help you with your problems and you don't have to give back because you're paying them. And for me, I think before every big event that you know is coming up, you prepare for it in therapy so you have the right mindset going into it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: My life, because I'm so driven, there's always a transition happening. Mm-hmm. There's always something that's big, whether the baby's coming, whether, you know, we're moving out of state, which we've done twice in the past five years, which is wow. a lot. Um, yes. whether new music is coming out or I'm going on tour a lot and we need to make sure a home base is taken care of. Um, whether you know marriage needs tweaking. So you go into yeah. it with some insight. And then after you go through it, then you unpack. And I think people have been ill-prepared and, and repressing all the stuff, the feelings, and all the ick from everything that they felt. And and yeah, we're overwhelmed. It's a lot coming, there's a lot coming in this. It's, not, it's a lot just to live now because everything is on the internet and we're addicted to it. Right to help you to remember you got to do your 10-minute meditations, yeah. do some mindfulness activities, sit there and just breathe for a second because you got to so the voice <laughs> to function. <laughs> okay. So for, for a long time and just didn't have the resources. And now there's so many resources out there to be able to do it. And I'm glad yeah. it's more widespread because I see people getting healed Operating on a higher um, using more—it's just great to see people shining and soaring without the drawback of going home and being a miserable person, just a right. miserable right. human, human being. Right, right to themselves and to others, and I think if everybody right. had access to, even just once a month—if you could just impact once a month—you had right. one hour out of
0: the month to just unpack what happened that month. That would even help. Sure. No, well, I so love that you feel comfortable um, sharing because when you discuss it, not only is it relatable, but I love the way you frame that. Preventative maintenance, it really gives you a foundation to go through these transitions, which we all go through, a new job, a new career, a new relationship. Uh, ooh, it's just constant. Kids growing up, kids coming in, moving out, parents, aging, things of this nature are a constant flux, not to mention all the things that we're exposed to in our world and in the world. So um, that's so beautiful. And despite all that you have going on, I know uh, you're getting ready to go back on tour. So so give us a plug for where yes. we and, and virtually.
1: Okay, well, I'm ending tour because of maternity leave because the baby's due in June and I don't want to be on a plane during my third trimester. It's very uncomfortable for me. (laughs) And those bags are way too small. So um, I will be on hiatus for a second. However, Mm -hmm. this coming week, I'll be going on the 7th, 8th, ninth, and 10th. That's my final hurrah for this um, free tour which comes from a song I wrote called Jenny, Perfect Little Rose. Either way, the seventh, I'll be in Atlanta at St. James Live. The eighth and the ninth, I get to do Birch Jazz Fest, which I haven't done for a few years, so I'm really excited to return. And we're gonna do a celebration of jazz, and I get to sing on the same roster as Patty Austin, who I also love, and I'm like, (laughs) And on the 10th I get to do uh, Charlotte, North Carolina At Middle Sea Jazz Which I've been waiting to do It'll be my first appearance there And I'm super excited Mm -hmm. And then after that You'll see me on social media You'll see me at SelenaAlbright.com Or at SelenaAlbright Everywhere So you can really You can find me I'll still be posting stuff You know Mm -hmm. Until I'm in the hospital (laughs) And I'm going to be sleeping (laughs) Sure. <laughs> and then after that, I'll come back and do a tour, probably in the fall, late fall, um, early winter is when I'll go back into it.
0: Sure. Well, if that's you slowing down, I don't know how I'm gonna keep up with you when you're going full throttle. Um, take us out with uh, something that you find uh, appropriate and and just uh, it means a lot to you, and you'd love to share it.
1: This final song is called "Dishonest Smile," and mm-hmm. it's all about um there was this moment. It was December 23rd, 2019. I was pregnant with my first one. And I was not in therapy at the time. Okay. <laughs> 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 yes. I had just come off tour and I remember I it was the day after tour had ended, and I just my whole body just crashed. Mm. I was exhausted and emotionally, that like there were so many hormones, I just, I couldn't recover, I couldn't mask, like I normally do to fit into, you know, it was Christmas, yes. oh my God. So right. I knew Christmas Eve was coming up, I knew Christmas was coming up, I'm like, I don't have the mask that I usually do right. when I'm feeling really crappy and I need to be around family and friends and, and gather with people, just anybody, but my husband. Right. And so I wrote this song on the bathroom floor. Um. So it's, it's really vulnerable. I, you know, I've had plenty of therapy since then and figured out what was going on at the time. And yes. I just, I took on a too much. And so this song is about a typical woman's life, wearing tons of hats, um, mm-hmm. mother, she's a confidant, she's a family member, she's, you know, she's a career woman, she's organizing things, she's making everybody's appointments, you know, and, and sometimes getting them there. And she's on overload. And so she finally had a quiet moment for her body to crash, and it did. And so I wrote From That Place. And that's why this song is so special to me, and that's why mental health is so special. Because people said your brain, if it's not working well and you're holding stuff, you'll keep getting sick. That's what happens. Your body will find the rest from somewhere. So this song is called Dishonest Smile.
3: have a mask for this place this isn't a time when i can just fix my face to hold back the tears is too great a fight so heaven forbid you just might lose sleep too tonight i can't be the good wife and the good mom the good daughter the good friend I can't be the organizer and the empathizer, heal myself and you. And then I tried to be convenient for you, but I failed to win that fight. So if you could just hold me tonight, if you could hold me tonight, I don't know just what I'm supposed to ask for. Does the joy? Don't have to raise tomorrow morning with a dishonest smile. Smile, smile. with a dishonest
2: smile.
3: smile. I admit that I'm in rare form. I'm having to mourn the fact that I'm losing my old norm what I look like, so heaven forbid you'll see this perfect face tonight, I, I don't see. notice what I'm so to do.
0: This is so why I wanted to be able to talk to you, because I think that the words, the emotions, but also the music is not only relatable, but just something that people can understand even if they haven't specifically you know gone through uh, a pregnancy or having multiple things going on at the same time and trying to figure out their way to be able to smile in spite of it. Because we do know a uh, life of an artist, an entertainer, people in the public eye, people that work in the restaurant business. Uh, you know, public in general, when they're on the phones, really often have to push um, themselves to, to limits that may not necessarily always be the easiest to be happy, cheery, joy, joy all the time uh, with flair. So um, thanks so much for being willing to join us and, and share um, your life, but also just a lot of the thought that you put behind the lyrics and also the type of music you compose. I just think that it really speaks, like I said, to so many people. and. We just appreciate uh, having you be willing to to give so much of yourself, literally, um, with all that you do.
1: Thank you so much, Dr. Moshe, for like sharing your platform with me. This is really cool. I hope a lot of people see it because a lot of people are hurting. Absolutely. I see everybody get well. You know.
0: Yes, I don't think we have too much love or mental therapy, so. I've been your host, Dr. Moshe Lewis, and I'm delighted and comfortable saying that mental health is certainly something that we can't have too much of having support for what we're going through spiritually and mentally as we go through our physical journey. It all should go hand in hand. So thanks so much for sharing with us all you've gone through and some of the things that you use as a way to succeed and achieve. Um, Words to the side. Thanks so much.
1: Thank you.